Hello and welcome to Parsha on a Pod. My name is Yechiel Shafra. I am the rabbi of the Pikesville Jewish Congregation and host of this podcast. This week we will be taking a look at Parshat Vayetze, which loosely translates as, and he went out. The Parsha is truly about Yaakov going out from his young, dependent life, Yaakov's naivete, and his journey into adulthood, his journey into becoming the man, the adult he was destined to be. In this Parsha, Yaakov gets married multiple times, he has 10 children, and he becomes an extremely savvy businessman. Vayetze has 148 verses. It fills 235 lines in the Torah skull, is the seventh Parsha in the Torah, and is the subject of our podcast this week. Here is Parshat Vayetze in seven parts. Part 1 Yaakov finds his stairway to heaven. Yaakov flees home at the encouragement of his father and mother, and for the first time in his life, he finds himself alone without any of the resources or the comforts of home. Yaakov spends his first night sleeping out under the stars with little protection, yet something extraordinary happens. He has a vivid, a wild, and inspired dream in which he sees a ladder reaching from the heavens to the earth, and, an, and he witnesses angels ascending and descending the ladder. God then speaks to Yaakov, reassuring him of his place in the covenant made with his grandfather Abraham. Yaakov w- wakes up and recognizes that the place he slept in is filled with the awesome presence of God. Yaakov establishes a matseva, a rock, as a tribute to the incredible experience that he had in that place. Rashi, chapter 28, verse 22, points out that the establishment of this matseva, this rock, was a commitment by Yaakov that he would return to this place and change that matseva into a base elokim, change that matseva into a house of God where he could worship, he could tribute, and he could thank God for the commitment he made in that place. And so ends part one. Part two, The Rolling Stones. Yaakov arrives in this far-off land, and he sees local shepherds congregating around a well with a very large rock over the mouth of the well. He asks them where they are from. They identify themselves as Haranites, Yaakov's destination. Yaakov asks them if they know Lavan, and they do. In fact, they identify a shepherdess off in the, dest- in the distance as Lavan's daughter, Rachel. Confused by what they are doing, Yaakov inquires regarding why the shepherds were all gathering at the waterhole at the same time so early. Isn't it too early to water their sheep? They pointed out that they had all arrived at the same time because there was a large rock on the top of the well that they could only remove once, utilizing all of their strength, all of their efforts. Upon Rachel's arrival, 
Yaakov approaches the well and single-handedly removes the heavy rock and embraces Rachel. Rachel brings Yaakov home and Lavan hires him to work for him immediately, recognizing that he's a member of the family and an excellent worker. We are now formally introduced to Lavan's two daughters, the older one, Leah, and the younger one, Rachel. Rashi, on chapter 29, verse 11, notes that Yaakov cries upon meeting Rachel because he was empty-handed. He had no gifts for her. Unlike Eliezer, who had offered many gifts to his mother, Yaakov had nothing to give to Rachel. And so ends part two. Part three. Mawage is what brings us together today. Yaakov loves Rachel and agrees to work for seven years to secure a marriage to her. After he completes the seven years, Lavan agrees to the marriage and arranges for a large and elaborate shmorgas, I mean party. The next mor- morning, Yaakov discovers that he had been deceived and Lavan had instead had insisted Leah be with Yaakov instead of Rachel. Yaakov married Leah. When confronted with this accusation, Lavan suggests Yaakov just simply work for another seven years, to which Yaakov agrees to secure the marriage for Rachel. After 14 years of hard, tiring work for Lavan, Yaakov is now married to Leah and to Rachel and begins to build his family. Leah has four children quickly, and Rachel is struggling with infertility. Yaakov cohabits with the maidservants Bilha and Zilpah and has another four children. The Sephorno chapter 30 verse 2 notices that Rachel implores Yaakov to pray on her behalf, to which he responds that she should approach God, that she needs no intermediary. And so ends part three. Part four, from arranging marriages to arranging flowers to arranging a career. Reuven, the firstborn child of Leah, collects Dudaim, initially identified by the Ramban, chapter 30, verse 14, as jasmine, though there remains to be some debate on the conclusive identity of these flowers. That being said, Rachel would like these flowers, which the Ramban said were sweet-smelling and foregoes her time with Yaakov and exchanges the flowers and gives Yaakov time with Leah. Leah now has two more sons following that incident and a daughter, Dina. And then the Torah tells us that Rachel has her own child that she names Yosef. At the conclusion of this aliyah, Yaakov prepares to leave Lavan and considers going out on his own. And so ends part four. Part five, Yaakov finds his inner entrepreneur. 
Lavan expresses interest in keeping Yaakov around. He has been very benef- beneficial to increasing Lavan's wealth. And after all, there was always more money to make. Lavan asks Yaakov to name his price, to name a salary. And Yaakov suggests that he keeps the animals that contain a specific appearance. Lavan agrees and then quietly removes all of those animals so that they would not be any animals produced in the future that would benefit Yaakov's pocket, benefit Yaakov's wealth. Through some creative animal husbandry by Yaakov, the animals that the animals that would benefit him are produced anyway. And now it becomes clear that Yaakov must leave Lavan's home. There was no trust, there was no partnership, it was time to go out on his own. Yaakov calls Rachel and Leah to the field to let them know and they support his decision. Rashi chapter 31 verse 14 stresses that Leah and Rachel point out that they are completely committed to Yaakov and have nothing left to benefit their father. They realize their future is with their husband. And so ends part five. Part six, Lavan in pursuit. Yaakov takes his family and all his wealth and flees Lavan's home in the middle of the night. Rachel secretly steals her father's idols in the process, hoping to be rid his fa- her father of idolatry. After three days, Lavan realizes that they are gone and pursues them and takes over them by the mountain of Gilead. God comes to Lavan in a dream and tells him not to harm Yaakov. Lavan inquires from Yaakov regarding why someone would steal his idols from his encampment, to which Yaakov denies knowledge of such an act. Lavan searches the entire camp, while Rachel hides her father's idols in the saddle of her camel. Yaakov grows angry and impatient and asks Lavan to stop the invasive search. The great Or HaChayim HaKadosh, chapter 31, verse 36, notices that the quarrel Yaakov has with Lavan was done in private, so as not to bring any shame or embarrassment to his father-in-law. Even when angry, Yaakov was sensitive to embarrassing someone. And so ends part six. Part 7. Angels in the Left Field Yet Lavan and Yaakov create a peace treaty between them. They spend an evening feasting and celebrating with each other. The next day, Lavan awakes and blesses his children and grandchildren and goes on his way, returns to his home. Yaakov continues on his journey with his family and then Yaakov encounters an encampment of angels and names that place Machanayim. Rashi, chapter 32, verse 3, points out that Yaakov notices two encampments of angels, those that accompanied him to Lavan's home and those that accompany him on his journey back to the Promised Land. And so ends part 7, the end of Parshat V.
Vajetze. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Yechiel Schaffer, the rabbi of Pikesville Jewish Congregation and the host of Parsha on a Pod. One final thought on Parsha Vayetze. Yaakov's journey begins with angels ascending and descending a lander and concludes with an encampment of angels. Whatever angst Yaakov felt in fleeing his home now is represented by a much calmer encampment without angels that are oscillating between heaven and earth. Now Yaakov recognizes the work before him, the work he has to undertake, is of this world. When Yaakov fled his home, he didn't know whether he was dedicated to heaven or dedicated to earth. He didn't know what was more important, spirituality or his physical well-being. Now he understands he needs to look after his family, he needs to look after his home, and he needs to bring Avraham's message to the physical world. So ends this week's Parsha on a Pod. If you enjoyed this podcast, please remember to subscribe to it on any podcast platform that you use and share it with a friend. Wishing you all a wonderful, a special, and an inspiring Shabbat. Shabbat Shalom. This has been Parsha on a Pod, Parshat Vayetzeh.